because of. Because of. I'll get back to that, but let me first share some scriptures with you. The first is from the fifth chapter of the book of Romans, beginning at the first verse. Therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Through him we have also obtained access by faith into this grace in which we stand, and we rejoice in hope of the glory of God. More than that, we rejoice in our sufferings, knowing that suffering produces endurance, endurance produces character, and character produces hope. And hope does not put us to shame, because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. And then another scripture which I do not have to read because I have it memorized in my heart is from the Gospel of John, chapter 16, verse 33. And it goes like this. Jesus is talking to his disciples and he says, I tell you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble, but take heart, for I have overcome the world. Again, Jesus is talking to his disciples and thus he's talking to you and to me. And he's saying this, he's saying, I tell you these things so that in me, in Jesus, we have peace. And then he goes on to say, in this world we will have trouble. It's not that we might have trouble or we could have trouble. He says, in this world we will have trouble. But then he concludes with these promising words, take heart, for I have overcome the world. I'd like to start by sharing with you the opening to Max Licato's book, You'll Get Through This. Let me share these brief stories. Licato writes, she had a tremble, tremble in her voice, the inner tremble you could feel with just a hand on her shoulder. I saw her in a grocery store. I had not seen her in months. I asked about her kids and her husband, and when I did, her eyes watered, her chin quivered, and the story spilled out. He'd left her. After 20 years of marriage, three kids and a dozen moves, gone. Traded her 20 years of marriage, three kids, and this marriage for a younger model. She did her best to maintain her composure, but couldn't. The grocery store produce section became a sanctuary of sorts. Right there between the tomatoes and the heads of lettuce, she wept. We prayed. Then I said, you'll get through this. It won't be painless. It won't be quick. But God will use this mess for good. In the meantime, don't be foolish or naive. But don't despair either. With God's help, you will get through this. Then a second story from Max. Two days later, a friend called. He'd just been fired. The dismissal, the dismissal was his own fault. He'd made stupid, inappropriate remarks at work, crude, offensive statements. His boss kicked him out. Now he's 57 years old, unemployed, an unemployed manager in a rotten economy. He felt terrible and sounds worse. Wife angry, kids confused, he needed assurance, so I gave it to him. You'll get through this. It won't be painless. It won't be quick. 
but God will use this mess for good. In the meantime, don't be foolish or naive, but don't despair either. With God's help, you'll get through this. I can add to those experiences shared by Max with some of my own experiences of life. It wasn't too long ago that I gathered with a family, four children, a wife, staring in disbelief as their dad, her, her husband, took his last breath, dead from brain cancer at the age of 50. I didn't say it to them then, but I, I wanted to say to them, you'll get through this. It won't be painless. It won't be quick. But with God's help, if you allow, he'll turn this mess into good. If you allow, he'll turn this mess into good. Some of you that are listening right now probably have your own sagas of pain, of sickness and suffering, of hurt, of troubles that have come your way. Generally speaking, we like to avoid these things like the plague. If we could, we'd avoid them completely. But these things, never invited, in most cases inflicted, come our way. And so my guess is, is that none of us really want to be at a healing service. It's not something we desire to do. But you need to be here for yourself, or you need to be here for someone else that you love that is hurting. If we could have it our way, there would be no pain, no suffering, no sickness, no need for a healing service. But as you and I well know, we live in a broken world, a troubled world. And so these troubles, these difficulties, the sickness and suffering is unavoidable. But I'd like to suggest, even though it may sound strange, that despite the fact that we wish we could avoid this with all our heart, there are two good things that can come from trouble, from suffering, from pain, from hurt. The first of these is, if we allow, our troubles, our sufferings can lead us to God or lead us into a much deeper walk with God. Catherine of Aragon put it this way, only but through troubles do we come to God. Only but through troubles do we come to God. We all know in our own hearts when everything's going well and life is rosy, we tend to easily dismiss God or not to think much about him. But when things begin to really go south, when we begin to struggle, we're more apt to get on our knees. I think about a, a man that came to uh, our newcomers class. Um, he had never been to church before, but he, he started to come shortly after his wife of 43 years had passed away. I had done the funeral, and he came to our newcomers class, and I thought just out of being kind to me because I had done the service. But often when someone comes to a class, I'll ask them, what brought them there? And he said this, which I found to be really interesting and profound. He said, I thought the worst day of my life was the day that my wife of 43 years 
had passed away. And in many ways, it was. But there was some good that came out of that. It was through her death that I recognized that I need God in my life. And so I'm here because I want to understand God. I want God to be a part of my living. Or you may remember a story that I've certainly told in the past about a young woman who was in a prayer group. She was in a group with a bunch of other women and um, they were sharing how they came to faith. And one of the things that she had told them was that her story of faith was somewhat interesting and long, but she still shared it with them. She went on like this, she said, when I was a little girl, my parents abandoned me and I was put in an orphanage. I was only about two or three years old. I quickly learned that people would come into the orphanage to maybe adopt the child and I wanted more than ever to be adopted. She goes on to say, I was a little hyperactive and so when people would come in to look at someone they might like to adopt, I would jump all around trying to get their attention, not realizing at the time that I was probably pushing them away. Finally, one day, a couple came in and they selected me and I was so delighted, so happy. I got my little coat, I had a little tattered uh, suitcase they gave me, I put my belongings in and I went to my new home. It was a big old house that had a screen porch. I was happy and excited. I'd get on the bus and go to school and I couldn't wait to come home and run into the house and go upstairs to my bedroom. I thought everything was going fine but one day I came home from school, got off the bus, walked in the door, and there at the foot of the stairs was my suitcase and my coat. That happened to me 11 times before I became an adult and on my own. The women that were around her began to surround her and say, oh, we're so sorry, we're so sorry, this is horrible. And she said this, she said, no, no, don't feel sad for me. I needed my pain, it led me to God. I needed my pain, it led me to God. Now I don't think we should ask God to be inflicted with troubles or hardships. That's not the point. The point is, as much as we would like to avoid those things, these things happen. In a flash, in a moment, our world can be turned upside down. An accident, a diagnosis, a pronouncement, paper served. Things come at us that are unavoidable and our world is crazed and upside down. We're not sure quite what to do. And that's why Jesus' words are so important. I tell you these things so that in me, you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble, but take heart, I have overcome the world. You see, when horrific things happen to us, our loved ones, we always have a choice. We can choose if we want to say, why me, and to focus on the horribleness that happened to us to be maybe angry with God or to dismiss God as not having any relevance in our life anymore. But we certainly know if we've done it ourselves that that only leads to misery. And we certainly know and see when people choose that path, their lives don't get better, they get worse. Of course we can choose the opposite 
And that is, even when things don't make sense, to turn to the only one who can ultimately make sense of them, the only one that can give us hope to go on and who promises that out of this mess, good will come. Of course, the greatest example for us is Jesus himself, who faced the worst that we could ever imagine. Heartache, rejection, physical abuse, crucifixion, death on a cross, and he took the worst and made it good. And so the choice is ours, but our best choice, our best choice is to turn to God even when we don't understand, to seek his counsel, his insight, his wisdom, his help, and our life will get better. The mess we find ourselves in will be made good. So that's the first thing we can do, even though we don't want these troubles to come our way. And the second thing is, is that we can allow these troubles, this sickness, this suffering, this pain, to be a megaphone by which we are able to amplify the message of hope that we have to the world and to others. Let me explain. We are all broadcasting something with our life. The question is, what are we broadcasting? Are we broadcasting, if we profess that we're a follower of Jesus, that we are a person of faith and we turn to him even in the midst of difficult times? Do people look at us and say, even though that person is suffering, they still have a sense of joy and peace within their hearts? Or do we broadcast something quite different? Again, the example to look to is Jesus. If you were to ask people what comes in their mind when they first think about Jesus, some might say his miracles or walking on water or his teachings. Some might say his resurrection. But probably most would say when they think of Jesus, they think of this person who suffered and went to the cross and died for us out of his love for us. And even in the midst of all that he went through, he amplified with his life, he broadcast with his life, a complete trust and faith in the Father and his love for us and for all. And we have that same option. When horrible things happen, we can use those horrible things, even though we're struggling with them within ourselves, to broadcast a complete faith and trust in God, to glorify him even in the midst of our struggle. See, basically, I think people live one of two different life views. One life view you might call the preservation life view, and the other life view you might call the faith life view. The preservation life view, which can certainly be held by those who profess they're Christians, is that life view that says, I'm in control of my life and I'm going to do all that I can to make my life safe, good, and happy. We're going to do all that we can to, to make sure that we have all the needs that we need to have, to have a nice home, to have food, to sort of be sailing down the road of life happy. Got the top down, have our sunglasses on, everything is great. That's one life view we'd have, to, to do all that we can to make life good. The other life view, as I said, is the faith life view, which says, no matter what happens to me, 
I am going to trust in God and give him glory with my life. I am going to trust that no matter what, God is with me even when it seems as though he's absent. I know and trust he's with me and I will glorify him no matter what. The problem with the first life view is, is that it can be taken away from you, as I said, in an instant. The second life view can never be taken away from us. No matter what happens to us, we can give glory to God, which actually fills us with a sense of peace and well-being, and it helps bring others to the knowledge and love of the same God that we love. I think of uh, some people like um, uh, Corey Tamboom, who um, in the midst of her um, incarceration um, in the um, uh, concentration camp, uh, could have easily said, uh, this is horrible, and yet she continued to show absolute love of God and glorify him. Even if you remember that story when there were fleas all over the place, when most people would have said, we got to get out of here, this is horrific, how could God do this to us? She gloried in God because she said, the fleas make it so the guards can't come in and we can do our Bible studies without interruption, without fear. We can choose when terrible things happen, when we face troubles, sickness, and suffering, to glorify God even in the midst of those things. And so again, none of us invite suffering and difficulties, but they are inflicted on us without our choice. But we do have a choice as to what we do with those things. We can turn away from God or turn towards him, get on our knees and seek his strength and comfort and wisdom. And we can, in the midst of those things, glorify him, even in the midst of those things that we do not understand. I began with because of, because of. Let me explain. 2020 and the beginning of 2021 have been some of the most difficult times that any of us have experienced. Certainly political unrest, injustice, the climate of anger in our country are certainly things that have gnawed at us, but probably at the top of the list has been the pandemic. COVID has caused many of us to deal with things and struggle with things in a way we never even imagined could happen. Right now, we lament that uh, Bishop Love is dealing with COVID himself. We lament that right now the diocesan offices are closed and that we have to do a service virtually like this because it's not safe for us to gather. And certainly, we've heard more than we would like this statement, because of COVID. Because of COVID, we will, be able, we will not be able to meet. Because of COVID, the package will be delivered late. Because of COVID, these items are not available, toilet paper. Because of COVID, we need to wear masks. Because of COVID, we need to social distance. Because of COVID, this place is closed or that place is closed. Because of COVID, we shouldn't travel. Because of COVID, this person is feeling isolated and alone. Because of COVID, people are filled with fear, anxiety, uncertainty. Because of COVID, people are sick. Because of COVID, 
people are dying. But let me suggest to you a better because of. The better because of is this, because of Jesus. Because of Jesus, we don't have to face any of these things alone. Because of Jesus and having a life faith view, we can't have that faith view taken from us. We can give glory to God even in the midst of a pandemic. Because of Jesus, we have someone who can help us face our own fears, uncertainties, anxieties, and anger. Because of Jesus, we can live in hope because we trust that if we allow, God will turn this mess into good. Because of Jesus, we, in a sense, can be healed. Let me share with you again the scriptures that I started with from Romans chapter 5. More than that, we rejoice in our suffering, knowing that suffering produces endurance, and endurance produces character, and character produces hope. And hope does not put us to shame, because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. And then again, from John's Gospel, chapter 16, verse 33. If you don't know it, learn it, memorize it. Let it be ingrained in your heart and mind. Jesus said to his disciples, he says to us, I tell you these things so that in me you will have peace. In this world there will be trouble, but take heart, for I have overcome the world. Because of Jesus, amen.